Welcome to the Inspire Podcast. I'm Heather Tice, and this is a place where the unexpected and sometimes crazy moments of life meet up with sacred truth. It's where we get together to talk with other real Christian women who are living out their purpose in a unique way that only their sovereign creator God could have designed. Our hope is that while you're here, you'll laugh a lot, be blessed by the ways that God moves among his daughters, maybe find an idea or two, and most of all, that you'll be inspired to live for him in the week ahead of you. So whether you're washing dishes, getting in some exercise, or just driving on your daily commute, we're so glad that you've joined us here at the Inspire Podcast. Welcome to the Inspire Podcast. We're your host. I'm Heather Tice, and this is Shannon Moore. Shannon. Hello. hello. Welcome to the Inspire Podcast. This is your first time co-hosting. Yes, it's exciting. I love podcasts. (laughs) You do. You've called yourself a podcast junkie. I am. I have a good maybe 10 regular podcasts that I listen to every few weeks. So it's good background noise for me. See, and that's incredible to me because I am not a podcast junkie. I'm a music, I guess, junkie. You're a music anything. junkie. Yeah, but yeah. you read a lot too. I do read. I don't. I see I'm in a season where I can't sit down and actually read for a good chunk of time. So podcasts are a good way for me to kind of take a break from the music, from the kids, from the TV, and just do dishes and listen I think that's brilliant. So Kimberly Combs is like you. She's also a podcast junkie. She's our church pianist, our program pastor's wife. So the lady you see up there typically playing the piano, she gets a lot of her learning through reading and podcast listening. So I don't know how she does it, but she does both. She's like combining the Shannon and Heather. So, but I'm excited that you're joining me for these podcasts. I know you're going to add a lot. I'm excited to see what happens in 2020 with the podcast. Yeah, me too. Well, I think we got a nice start. And so I think that this will be a great, great thing for the new year. And we've got some wonderful guests scheduled already for this new year. But before we introduce our guests for today, you have to do what all of our guests do. Our guests always share a pet peeve. Okay. And so I think now you've done a podcast with me. I have done a podcast, a guest. but I do have a lot of pet peeves. I'm a mom and I have five kids. I well, have a and lot they change up. Yes. <laughs> so the last one was the loud eaters. I do not like loud eaters. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yes. But this one is more of a um, a common public pet peeve. And I hate when people do not put their carts away at the grocery store. <laughs> when they leave their grocery cart, I have five kids. I put my cart away. You mean like they leave it in a parking space? Yeah. Leave it in a parking space or they try to, you know, put it up against the curb so it doesn't roll away. That drives me crazy. So I'm kind of trying to set the example for my kids. I think that's a big one for a lot of people. I will say that I am typically, but not always, a cart putter or wayer. So most of the time, there are rare exceptions, maybe in super bad weather or where the parking lot's crazy crowded like at Christmas time. Yeah. I really try to make the effort, but sometimes it's so ridiculous. I'm like, I'm sorry. Or if yeah. there's like already four there and I know the guy is going to have to walk out there or girl because that was sexist, is going to have to walk out there and get the car anyway. I'm like, well, what's one more to this chain that's already here? It is. And I've heard people say, there are people that have that job. They get paid to put the carts away. (laughs) 
But still. it blocks your space, so it blocks the parking car, space. What if that cart hits my car? Yeah. Or what if it hits somebody else's car? Yeah. I'm going to feel terrible. Or just blocking the space because that's what kills me is where I can't get in yeah. because of the parking or but because of the cart. Kid jump out and move it. Yeah. Oh, like I have the older ones. See, I don't, I'm my kids, Jonathan drives, <laughs> so I don't have my kids with me most of the time now shopping. I'm in no, a different phase of life. Season for you now. Yeah. It's great. Well, we also have today not only our new co host, but we have one of our wonderful ladies of Southern Hills. And we're so excited because she's a teacher. So it has been difficult to get her into this room to podcast because Judith Philp, um, what grade do you teach, Judith? I teach fifth grade. Fifth grade. Wow. How, and you've done fifth grade for how many years? Uh, this is my 11th year. So it's either fifth or fourth grade. Oh, wow. Yes. 11 so- years. You are, and so she's I can't busy. Deal with kindergarten. No. <laughs> give me, give me the fifth grade attitude. I can still make you laugh. Wow. See, I don't know what grade I would choose, but fifth grade they start to smell. They do, they do and you have to have that talk. Yeah, and you have to be in that room sometimes with that talk. Oh my goodness! Talk, and it's always awkward. Um, but they do smell. My so daughter I'm- is currently in fifth grade, and her teacher—I don't know how she does it. But her room smells fantastic. And I always am like, how do you do this? This is amazing. Because fifth and sixth grade, right. I, 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 in fact, a lot of times I will avoid going into those rooms at school when I'd pick up my I kids. I have essential oils going. Really? Constantly with my That's teacher. excellent. Mm-hmm. She does a lot, I think, of airing out her room and the similar stuff. But her room smells pleasant. And I've been in fifth and sixth grade before, even sometimes fourth grade, where it's a challenge. I mean, not blaming the teacher because those kids are stinky. They've been out running and playing. Oh, and they, yes. They're developing body chemicals or mixing and it's just a mess. It is not the potpourri that you want. So I don't think I could teach fifth or sixth grade simply because I don't think I could handle the BO. Right. No, I couldn't do it either. Yeah. Third grade. Third grade. I could They're probably still not do. Not picking their nose so much. Yeah, and they kind of. I could. I think I could do kindergarten because I would like a lot of kindergartens half days. I think that would be a lot of fun. But you're not a little kid teaching. person. Like you did cubbies for. So I long. also like teenagers, though. I feel like right now I could very much handle junior high or high school. I know. Ne- now in I wasn't comfortable school? with it. Oh, in a public school. I don't know if I can handle anything with public school because there's so much. Y'all have a challenge. It is because the parents, if they don't cooperate, I, I used to work out with some ladies who were teachers, and they would share stories with me about they couldn't do anything. Right. Like they couldn't. There was no. There's nothing. If you cross a line, there was nothing they could do. At least in their school, we can't even have the consequence of no recess now. Right. I heard that's what they no told recess, me. And parents don't back us up. It's really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what I would do with any system. So maybe I would rather be with younger children yeah. because at least they're, they're tend to be, I think, more pliable and right. ready to listen. But um, I don't know. What about you, Shannon? What grade would you want to teach? You have I them all take, right now. <laughs> I know. I do. I have them all at home right now. Um, but I would, I would have to say that um, Piper's age is my favorite. The seven, eight-year-olds mm. are, that is my favorite yeah. age. Second, she's still yeah. so sweet and mm-hmm. so little, but she's still like very obedient and willing to please to you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and she's not, I mean, they're not, you know, as high maintenance as the little guys, yeah. but she doesn't have the attitude of the older yeah. ones. So I'm like, oh, she's mm. like this perfect. If I could freeze her. Yeah, yeah. I do have sweet memories from second grade. But you know what? I'm going to have to change my answer because I'm going to need <laughs> third or fourth because history. I like teaching oh, history. Yeah. And Maybe I love fourth. sharing that. You just that. have to do Nevada history. You're just stuck in Nevada. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't so like that. Fourth. I don't know when they start history. If it's third. Fifth. Well, fifth. Um, 
probably third. See, I'm going to have to go junior high or high school, I yeah. think. Oh well. Yeah. oh, well, that's not what we're here to talk about today. So before we get into our deeper subject matter of your story, mm-hmm. tell us uh, what is your pet peeve? Well, actually, I have many, but <laughs> I think the, the one that I, when people are wrong and they're not okay to admit it right away, oh. that's to me. And I, I'm, it's also yeah. like a bad thing for me though. Cause I'm like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, it's black or white. That's it. And I think um, a lot of times I feel like I want to correct people because I don't want them to go out there with the wrong knowledge. Like yeah. that's, to me, it's like, oh no, I don't want you to feel silly where somebody else catches you. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and say, oh, I don't think it, I think, believe it's this. No, it's not. No, but I do. So you're not but talking I, about someone who's being a little bit cocky or arrogant, like that guy that won't admit, well, what I really meant was this. No. You're talking about someone that truly doesn't know. Like, no, no, no. Like, don't correct yeah. me. Like, I'm okay. And I feel like, but you're just going to look silly going out there. Yeah. Or, you know, what's the point? It's no. I have, if I have the knowledge and I always say, correct me, please. Yeah. Like, I'm okay. I don't want to look stupid out there. Please yeah. correct me. <laughs> and I'm okay to go, oh, it really wasn't? Okay, cool. Thanks. That is a tough and one. People don't. And I'm like, really? Yeah. Why would you be okay? Knowing yep. that somebody else. So you're a nice person because you care about how they look out in the world. I'm kind of like, well, oh, I no. know you don't want to hear them. this and I'm just going to let it go because I don't have time. Oh, Ain't nobody got yeah. time for this. I know. But that's yeah, that's for me. One of the pet peeves. But oh, well, awesome. what can you do? Well, today we are talking about uh, your story and part of your story. One of the facets, the things that right. uh, the Lord has done in your life is he has carried you through what I would call a health crisis. Yes. And that's a very scary thing. Um, I'm I'm amazed as I talk with women about what a big thing that is our life. Some women, even before they've had an issue in health, is something they are continually worried about looking for. And now that I'm getting older, I've not had a health crisis, but just with little yeah. changes in my body, I'm like, what is going oh, on? I know. It's so easy. And WebMD yeah. doesn't make it any easier. Oh, no, it doesn't. Oh. It doesn't. Although I did diagnose myself on WebMD. Okay. So it what? does help. It really? Does help. So, yeah. Okay. So what, what was the health crisis that you went through? Tell yeah, our so, listeners. Yeah. I had um, stage three breast cancer on one mm-hmm. of the sides um, oh. that had gone all the way to the lymph nodes. And oh, wow. it was so crazy it was a change within I would say a month and a half wow. it was just a, a, a month and a half of nothing I just finished breastfeeding my second child I did a year and a half for the first one two years for the next one yeah and it was almost like a blessing that I wanted to stop that summer and I said okay two years it's been enough it's okay and yeah. I kept pushing it and and I could have kept going but something said I think this is it and if yeah. it weren't for that I think I wouldn't have found out. I would have thought it was milk. Wow. I would have thought it was a milk infection, you know, some. Yeah. Um, yes. and, and yeah, it just, my skin started changing. Yeah. The heat, the redness, swelling on one side. Wow. And for a second, I did think it was, it's maybe it's the milk, you know, two years, but I never had any issues before. Yeah. So when I went to my OBGYN, that's what she said. But did you diagnose on WebMD, WebMD before you yes, went to your much. OBGYN? The, re- the only two things that it could have been would be the, the infection, the, you know, the, um, like a clogged milk yeah, duct. yes. Yeah. It would have been either that or breast cancer. Wow. Now, ladies. If you're listening, typically that is not the story. Yes. <laughs> Judith is the exception. So if you've been reading don't something on WebMD, don't freak out. Yeah. Just it's a good sign to go into a doctor and right. check out the options. Right, right. So And, and that's yeah. another thing that I wanted to say. One of the things that um, I would get from people too when they found find that it's stage three, mm-hmm. it's really advanced. Um, 
like, don't you check yourself? Like, don't you do monitor? Like, yeah. and, and it's, it wasn't that it wasn't that I felt a little lump yeah. or anything. It wasn't I did my yearly checks, my year, you know, normal thing. So it wasn't there's different types. And in this case, it was just a huge tumor that grew so quickly. It was like wow. 80%. The normal, I guess I said it was in the 30s of growth rate. This was, was like 75 80%. It just kept growing and growing. And it, wow. it was really fast. So you know, definitely do your checks, do your things that is but sometimes, you know, that might not even yeah. possibility. I think, and that's where we're going to go to next is that sometimes as a Christian, the Lord really, really is the one that brings that to light. So that's one of the things that was definitely part of your journey. Can you tell us when did you trust Christ as your savior? Um, I was about 13 years old um, when I I kept seeing, I would go to church with my grandma um, in a Mexican, uh, Hispanic, uh, Spanish-speaking Baptist church. So I, you know, had been raised in that. And, but with my grandma, I was always very, um, this is what you do, and this is why, and that's the right thing, and that's it. There was no explaining, you know, God loves you, and God, it was just very, that's just, that's what the Bible says. It's just the right thing to do, period. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it was very like that, and she grew up. Um, Catholic. She grew up, you know, going to church and then the next day drinking and having her parties and then going to church again. And then just very like that. So she, I don't know, we never had the conversation when she got saved, but so I would go to church with her. I would pretend I was sleeping sometimes because I didn't enjoy it. I know some of the kiddos, we didn't have to go to the class if they would pretend to sleep. And so I'd be on the couch like, <laughs> and I would snore and, and, but by 12, 13 years old, they're like, no, I don't believe you girl. So you gotta sit up, you gotta be with the adults. And, um, I would see they would ask the invitation to prayer every single at the end of the, yeah. you know, at the end of the service. Um, and I would see people walk up and I'm like, and I would be peeking. I should have been praying. I should have had my eyes oh, closed. Oh, there's adults oh. that peek all the time. See? You're oh, yes, yes. I was 12. <laughs> and I would look and I would see these people go up and like, why? Why are they going up? I don't get it. Okay, whatever. And I would do this. And for so, around 13 years old, I have no, the Holy Spirit just got to me and um, I was standing right there next to my grandma. My grandma was very tough. Just one of those people who you do not want to cross and just, uh-uh, just by the look of her, you know, you, oh, I'm in trouble. And I don't know why, but I know I am and I'm going to get punished. Um, and we, I was listening to this and I, I don't even know if it really made sense to me, but tears just started coming down, mm. just tears. And I felt this pressure in my heart and, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I, I need to go up there. I don't know yeah. why, but I need to go up there. I, I need this. I need God in my life. Mm -hmm. And it just hit me. And I remember um, going up there and I said, I don't care who sees me. I don't care that my grandma right here next to me is probably thinking, what's wrong with you? Why are you going up? You have no idea what's going on. No, she just looked at me as I was moving and I could see her looking down at me. And she just kind of went, okay, good. And I went, walked up there was crying they took me to another room and just talked to me and that was when I believe I got mm. saved um yeah. but then you know I kept God in my back pocket yeah. after that oh. the relationship wasn't as strong but but that's uh, a yeah. great way to say that I yeah. people talk about you know I didn't really get serious about my faith yeah. yes I had trusted Christ right. I was on my way to heaven right. I knew that Jesus had died for my sins he was the only way to heaven and I received that by right. faith you know but then I just kind of did my own thing. Yeah, and I, I love that the way you God put it, put it in my back pocket. Yeah, it was God in me. So I know you know, I know you see me when I do yeah. bad things, but you know, I, I you're my accountability. I have to, I'm sorry, God, I have, I talked to him, 
but that's it. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I got you with me. Yay. Thank you. So, you know, for doing that for yeah. me and, and let's keep moving on with life. Yeah, that's yeah. really sweet. I like how she put that, that you keep him in your back pocket. Because I think that does happen quite often yeah. when you when you accept him as your savior when you're young. Right. And you don't you don't really have the explanation. Like you said, it was very yeah. traditional. And right. It was you go through the motions and you do the things and it wasn't a super deep. Right. All throughout my teens and my twenties. Yeah. Every single time I knew I had my boyfriend, my first boyfriend, my husband. He's my only boyfriend, my, oh. my husband now. Um, but he would, God prompt, would prompt me. Like if things got too serious, God would be like, ah, nope, that's not good. For, yeah, it's not okay for you. So that's when I'm like, oh, nope, I can't. So we literally dated for seven years before we got married. Um, but every single time things would get a little serious, you know, with that happens. God would be like, nope, and tears, like, no, I can't do this. This is, this would, so I had God with me, the presence So you didn't there. walk away from, some people literally no. are, walk away and it's like, yeah, I know I'm safe, but they just do their own thing. So you weren't necessarily growing I in your knowledge growing. of him, but you were still listening right. to the Holy Spirit as conviction right. would come and really oh, yes, being obedient. Sure. And that, that's what it yeah. mainly was. It was like, I know God was, and that's how I got brought up. God's watching you, even under the bed, God knows what you're doing, you yeah. know? Yeah. So it was always like, I know God's watching me. I That's as far as my knowledge went. Yeah. I I didn't keep growing. I didn't, you know, the, the God of the Jewish people, all of that, everything. I didn't yeah. keep growing, but I knew he was there. I know he was there. You know, he wanted the right things for me. I just didn't keep seeking right. and, and growing. But um, um, I'm glad I did. I did. So what what changed for you? When was it that you were like, no, I want to know more about who you are, God. I yeah. want to get serious about my faith. After getting married. So I got married at 27. Um, after I was seeking because I could see even on my Facebook feed where I would little things I would say, little sayings. I'm like, wow, I didn't know I, I was seeking. Mm. Um, and so I when think, it comes up in your memories, yes, my memories. And then mm, I, I do once I got pregnant with my first kid. So, oh. um, Christian is seven now he'll be, um, eight in April when I was now a parent. Yeah. Cause my grandma, not my wow. mom, unfortunately, but my grandma took me to church. And so I was thinking, Oh my goodness, I have to be that <laughs> to this yeah. kid and me. <gasps> But I don't even know, I don't have a church family. I don't even mm. know where. I. How am I going to do what my grandma did for me if yeah. I don't even have? So that's when I became the parent. When I became the responsible one, I, I have to take on that grandma role. Grandma yeah. was the one that took us. So that's when I started seeking. You know, that is so many women that I talk to, um, especially being in ministry all these years. You'll see one of the major changing points, we'll see young couples get married and they're not ever at church and all of a sudden they have kids. And sometimes it's not right when they have a baby, but it's at some point, many of them wake up and say, I've got to do this, especially for women. And it makes me think, I've never thought about this till you were saying this, but you know, in scripture, it says, uh, talking about the woman, she shall be saved through childbearing. Boy, people could take that all kinds oh, yeah. of out of context. <laughs> right. Our salvation does not come through having children. Amen. <laughs> but it is an interesting fact of how um, knowing God can come through children, how having children, sometimes when God allows that, we have that gift. Um, it can be something that can draw us closer to him yeah. if we allow it. And yeah, and I will wow. so, say another thing too, with throughout my 20s with my boyfriend, you know, husband now, um, God did prompt me to cut, you know, in a bad way, not be with him. He's an unbeliever and he still is. So we're constantly praying for him. Um but he kept prompting me like, hey, and even somebody who I had no idea who this person is, we were in a um, sculpture class um, in at UNLV. And he even said the, the yoke, the verse with, 
equal, you know, unequally yoked. Be, yeah. Unequally yoked. And I'm like, what is he talking about? What like, eggs? Breakfast? What is this? I didn't even know about it. Right. Cause it's like, I had yeah. in my back yeah. pocket. Yeah. Right. And he even, when we were getting serious to maybe possibly, you know, getting married in the next couple of years, this random guy who I was making a Bible out of a metal because he said something that's really important. Go ahead and create this in a sculpture class because oh, cool. I'm an art major. Um, and the first thing to, I was thinking, well, maybe a microphone. I love singing, yeah. even though I'm not great. I love singing. I love being, you know, fun. And I like, but then, but the most important, a yeah. Bible, a Bible out of metal. So we were working on the workshop and this guy was like, oh, Bible. Okay. And, and then he asked about my personal life a little bit. And I'm like, what is this case? Just yeah. a student, you know? And he gave me that verse that I had never heard mm. before. So I know God had prompted me, like, do you yeah. want this for your life? Do you? And it's been hard not having an, you know, a believing husband. Um, so for any single girls mm. out there too, yeah. just it is, it has been hard. Yeah. You know, it, I've been with him for 17 years right. now and I continue to pray. He doesn't stop me from That's coming wonderful. to church or having Good. my kiddos come. Um, I constantly, you know, I'm becoming more bold mm -hmm. with him and talking before yeah. I wouldn't even have a sermon on the radio or even yeah. Christian music. Yeah. And now I'm like, this is my car and I'm driving. So there you go. <laughs> so I'm becoming yeah. more bold. But just so you know, God was prompting me, but because I had him in the back mm. pocket and I did not actually know yeah. scripture. When he talked about the yoke, yeah. I'm thinking, what are you making? Yeah. What are you doing? You what is this? You don't really know mm. the scripture to, you know, yeah. right. in your head, but you don't really know the scripture yeah. to to get to people yeah. that's really really hard because yeah. you know but you can't get the words yeah and for young women who are so stirred by emotion and everything's young and exciting and this is their one opportunity he's their one true love it's very difficult even when they do know the scripture i find sometimes they will they will know it and they will put it in the back pocket because they're like, oh, no, this is the exception. I will change him. Yes. It'll be okay. Yes. God worked on me. So, of yeah. course, he's going right. to. So that's been hard. But God, even through that, even to having mm -hmm. an unbelieving husband, he's blessed me so much already. Yeah. And and not allowing him to stop me. And, and we had yeah. conversations. Well, if I want to continue this and if we have ever, you know, we have children, you're not going to not let me do And Yeah. He yeah. said, yeah, you can do what, you know, yeah. whatever. It's fine. Just don't force me. And there are several women in our church that are walking that same road. And it's so beautiful to me to see the Lord use your testimonies. I think the reason that he's so gracious is because you have the, what the Bible uses, the old English word of conversation, which means lifestyle. It's by the wife's conversation that the unbelieving husband will be one. It's not through shoving Jesus down their throat. It's through you living out a life of grace right. and loving them with a truly godlike agape love right. that changes their heart. And I think that's why they're responding so differently. So how old were you when you were officially diagnosed, backtracking a little bit, when you yes. officially were like, wow, something, it's not right. It was 35. Yeah, I was 35. So this is not even no mammograms, none of that. Um, 35, it was September of um, 2017, September 26th, wow. I remember. It was a... I believe a Tuesday. Um, I I knew that was my last sign. You know, I checked WebMD and I was thinking, this is so weird. I shouldn't have. A, I finished in June nursing my child. This is September now. Why would I get an infection now? Right. Yeah. This is weird. So little beating, little stinging, beating mm -hmm. all the way to the nipple. Yeah. Um, the warm to the touch, the swelling. I would take a shower and it would hurt on that side. Yeah. And I'm like, this is just not normal. So 
um, the last, last little bit of it was um, orange peel skin, which is the little dots, oh, yeah. you know, the little. Um, so I was thinking, okay, maybe it is that. They gave me an antibiotic thinking it was just the, you know, the the, the nursing. Um, so they gave me an antibiotic. And two weeks later, which, I mean, I wish I hadn't waited those two weeks, but yeah. it was okay. Two weeks later. What made you wait two weeks? Just thinking it'll go away. The antibiotic. Oh, well, the antibiotic. Gotcha. Yeah. They're like, take this for 10 days and then just let us yeah. know. And then I was putting some oil um, on my skin just to treat it. It was just so hot and inflamed. And I shined the light of my phone on it uh, around 1130 at night, midnight, because I was constantly thinking yeah. about it. Like, what could this be? This is just so weird. It's not going away with antibiotic, right? I probably need a stronger antibiotic. Mm -hmm. Um, I shined the light and that's when I saw the last little thing that would not have been an infection, which is the skin dimpling mm. of it. And I called a friend, which another blessing. So we're going to talk about blessings that God has given me. My One of my closest friends um, was a nurse, nursing. She moved to Tennessee. Yeah. She was doing nursing college friend from UNLV. And I had no idea. She changed her career to cancer. Really? She, to become a, uh, wow. Yes, wow. a nurse practitioner for cancer. And, but she was in Tennessee, really far. Yeah. And God was working all these things. Mm. God was working all these things. She moved back to Las Vegas. <laughs> Her family's in Korea. His family's in California. They moved back to Las Vegas. Something made him do it. And I texted her and I said, hey, you're still working in cancer, right? Yes, she was up at almost midnight. Well, my skin's doing this, 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 and that. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to give you an appointment. You're going to come in on Tuesday. Wow. Like that. God, nobody gets that. Yeah. You know, nobody. Oh, man. Is that, that the was, truth? You have to wait like two. Yes. Not more than yes. two weeks. Three, yeah. Four weeks. For yeah. yeah. To even see an appointment. Yeah. To even do that. So right there, she, VIP service right there. Wow. You are coming in. God was working through the, yeah. the whole time. You're coming in. We're going to see you. We're going to get you some studies. You're going to get an ultrasound. You're going to do this. You're going to do all that. Mm. And then my OBGYN did... Um, did have an ultrasound just in case she's like just in case we're gonna do an ultrasound so antibiotic and ultrasound so if any ladies out there whatever just go ahead and tell them ultrasound please yeah, yeah. it's okay um because they saw the mass mm -hmm. they saw like a, a six um, centimeter mass it was it was really big um and right away she got me in they did a biopsy that friday they got the results by that tuesday they diagnosed me so results everything was urgent here you go because wow. of who I knew in, in perspective is I knew my friend Hannah, but I knew God mm. first because of who I knew yeah. he worked it together. And, um, yeah, within a week and a half from that, I was diagnosed and they said, okay, you're going to start chemo next week. Wow. That quickly. Could they have told that how quickly. long they had been there? Um, because of the rapid, um, how fast it, like I said, in the thirties, it was in 30, I don't know what numbers they use, but within the thirties, they were, um, testing it to see how fast it was replicating. Mm -hmm. That's fast thirties, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So mine was in the seventies, wow. almost eighties. So that's how quickly it was. So there was never, I was nursing for that's two years. Crazy. I mean, my breasts were always lumped yeah. and so on and just normal basic thing. Um, so they really couldn't tell when it started and how it just, they knew it was growing so quickly. Within a month, when I started school, I was still remembering setting up my room yeah. and doing all this stuff, and I would get this itching, and ah. And a month later, I mean, that was in August. So a month later, September 26th is when I had been diagnosed. Wow. So, so yeah. when you went straight to chemo, did they give any other options? Were they talking surgery, um, surgery they, or radiation? It, no, because it was already spread. You can't really do surgery unless you kill all, the, all of the... Um, 
the cells, I guess, in the lymph nodes, you have mm-hmm. to take those out. You pretty yeah. much have to try to kill as much of the tumor as possible to then remove it. Oh, and because okay. it was so huge, literally, you can, you could have seen it. It was just such a such a big difference for, from the other side. Um, they wanted to kill as much as, of it as possible, especially since it spread. So they actually ended up taking one of the lymph nodes out, five lymph mm-hmm. nodes total, but one of them did have the cancer as well. Yeah. That's how far it had spread. So after that, um, it was the the surgery, the bilateral um, mastectomy, and then radiation to make sure that there's so it's a on long journey. Well, yes. when you get this diagnosis, what are the things that you are feeling in those moments? I I think God prepared me to. I was already thinking it has to be it. It has to be, and because of just the years before getting closer to God, um, actually sermons, um, one of the pastor sermons or a couple of them, um, really made me feel comfortable with dying with me. Yeah. Um, the dot. That is like one of the ones. Do you remember that one? That was in the old building. That's one of the ones that really has stuck with everybody. For those who are listening, what that sermon was, was, and he references this concept a lot in his preaching, just this Sunday. Yes. Yes. But um, the idea is if you could stretch something around a giant room, a line that just keeps going and going, an eternal line, and then there's this one little, you know, like marble sized dot. That's our lifespan. That's our little 80 years in comparison to eternity. Mm -hmm. And the idea of investing so much into this little dot when you've got all of eternity. Right. That's, I, that's I don't what we think I had ever for. really thought of. You think of heaven, oh heaven, heaven, <laughs> heaven, heaven. But this is your eternity right yeah. now for most people. You oh, think yeah. of this is this is it. Like that's it. Whether I'm going to have the right career with my kids, with everything, we live for this world. So like this is everything. And that sermon really mm. stuck to me. Thinking, wow, yeah, yeah. Why am I wasting my whole life, my mm-hmm. anxiety, my worries, yeah. my everything on these 80, yeah. 85, 90 years, maybe you'll be the 110, regardless, even the 110 for an eternity. Yeah. So yeah. that made me really feel comfortable. Like, okay, maybe God just wants to meet me earlier, you know, yeah. like face to face. Like he just at 35, he wants to yeah. see me. You, you know, know as you bring up a great point as Christians, we really should learn more about heaven. I'm convinced that most of us, the majority of us do not know enough about what the Bible says about heaven. In fact, um, I love Randy Alcorn's book. It's very Bible-based, not based on people's random stories. I don't always trust that. But on biblical fact, a study of heaven throughout scripture, if you're like, whoa, that's a long book. When you look it up on Amazon, there is a kid's version, which is question and answer by the same author, Randy Alcorn. <laughs> but be mine. the heaven book has been a wonderful encouragement when my mother was passing. That's what comforted me. Uh, by the way, if I ever give you a book, they say, give what you love and yes. what comforts me is books. So I'm trying okay. to not be insensitive. I'm being very sensitive because that's what helps me. But this book talked about in the introduction, even pastors who all, were almost scared of heaven or thought they would be bored. And if you think I've heard that, many if times. you think this life, this little marble sized thing is where it's at. Yeah then you don't know what real heaven is about. You're not an angel. You are not going to be up there with a harp. There is excitement for those that are with the Lord now. There is peace and joy. There's so much. Um, For my loved ones, your loved ones that have passed, there is so much happening for them that's amazing and wonderful. And I don't have time to get into that. That's a whole other right. podcast we yeah. could do. Another one. But that's, but, a good, that's a good resource. Oh, kids are always yeah. asking. And I, I try to kind of learn 
from the little guys, even working with the little guys upstairs, they keep, they ask questions. What's heaven going to be like? Yeah. What is it? What's going to happen when we mm -hmm. go there? And you don't always know the answer. Like you just right. have a yeah. piece about you, you know, when it comes yeah. to that topic about passing or, you know, is this the yeah. end? Like you said, this has to be it. Yeah. Like you have a piece about you because you understand the gospel, but like, what's going to happen mm -hmm. when we get there? Like that's yeah. kind of scary. Like, Oh, there's so <laughs> many exciting things. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm excited to see what the Lord has in store because I don't know all the definite things. I tease that I'm going to be on Broadway in heaven, heavenly Broadway mm -hmm. or movies because I think that would I be so fun. You. Or, and I'm also going to have a goat farm. In of the Swiss course. Alps. So like there's all these of things. But the wonderful thing is, though we may not know some of the specifics, we do know certain things like eating, what kind of bodies will have all that. Yes. That's right. all in scripture. We don't know. We do know we'll have work and that will be wonderful. Um, well, I think we do know there'll be no world, sin. I mean, yeah. people go, they save up, they save up their money to go to these beautiful beaches and these beautiful yeah. mountains and these beautiful... And if we think that this broken world is beautiful, yeah. which we do, we see it, right? How much yeah. more will heaven be? Oh, yeah. He's going to remake yeah. this world, yeah. the new heaven, new earth. Yes. He's going to take this world and remake it without sin. It's just like, think about refurbishing. He's going to, Joanna gains this world. Ooh, okay. Joanna <laughs> so it's going to be amazing. So if you have not read that, I encourage you. It's a long read. In fact, true confession here. I have not finished it. That's how much he loves it. That's how good it is. Yeah, right? oh, that's a great. You're such a positive person. No, it yes, is. It's, not that I, it's not that I'm a slacker no. and I commit to too many books. But you it, love it. It all sink in. You're reading it. It really slowly. is something you need to read slow if you read his his big adult yeah. version. But if you yeah. love it already, there's oh, got to be so, so much good. good in it. So I encourage you to read that. Another lady in our church that was going through cancer um, gave her a copy of that book. And she said it took away all the fear yeah. because there is that knowledge yeah. of not just trust. There is a knowledge and trust of God. You've got this. I can trust you. You're a good God. Whatever yeah. you have waiting on the other side of that valley for me is good. Yeah. That there's that, but then knowing God, you've already told me, and here's some things I'm looking forward to. And it really makes it so real when you see that from the scripture. And so, yeah. yeah. Well, so Judith is, you said that that sermon was a big help to you was there a verse that really carried you through that time yes and i will say a little shout out to my small group okay kimberly oh, combs big shout group. out that's yes. a great small group yes um, my small group um they i asked them for verses i was like would you guys just write them down for me so that while i'm sitting at that chemo chair for four hours um yeah. as i'm getting poisoned you know for a good yeah. cause as i'm getting poisoned um, I will take those verses that you guys write, text me, whatever it is, and I will write them a little cards so I can start mm -hmm. making, which I'm still working on making a little kind of mural, little squares and just yes. write them. And I constantly would see these cause I'm not well versed. I am not. Yeah. Um, but one of them, Romans eight twenty eight, um, mm -hmm. where, where anything, whether it's good or bad, God will make them work for good for, mm -hmm. um, for his believers. And, and I do believe anything, anything, cancer. Like I said, if Jesus wants to meet me right now, you'll meet me right now. Right. Um, mm. that's, I just leave this world. That's it. Um, he has me and that verse, anything, whether it's a car accident, whether it's whatever it is, lost job, anything, 
for mm. some reason, God has a greater plan. Look at what my friend, all the, all, everything yeah. around me, my, my brother right now, he's living with me and yeah. um, just everything that he's worked through me, I'm able to help him throughout and just yeah. be a good disciple to him. And nothing goes to waste for right. the believer who's following God. That's great. Can I just say two things right here? This is so inspiring. I didn't know you did this, Judith. And um, I did know that you've had a phenomenal testimony throughout all of these trials. Everybody was just amazed because we watched people go through major health scares, yeah. sometimes not even, oh, do I, dare I say this, not even this serious and just lose their minds I've with worry the and panic. And yes. And throughout this, one of the things that the staff would comment in your small group was she's got such joy and you just were so strong through this. And you're now I'm seeing why. I'm seeing behind the scenes here. And ladies, here's two things. Um, we do a lot of counseling. Here's some free counseling that you're getting right now. Just listen up. Whatever you're going through, she did two things here that you need to do. First of all, she wasn't afraid to ask her small group to to give her what she needed. Right. She's like, I need some encouragement here. Can you write down? And she gave them something easy they could do. If you're not connected to a small group, and I know you may be an introvert and it's scary, but get in we there. I'm telling you, you need that. And we've had them there oh, for three years, four years. Yeah. And that, you know, we're a family. It's so powerful because when you go through something like this, this is what the church is supposed to be. And sometimes we're like, well, nobody would do that for me. Are you in a small group? Would you be willing to ask your small group that? If not, then... Why are you expecting that from people and, that you don't and know they were and they don't excited. know you? They were excited to dig oh, in their Bibles yeah. and that kind of helped them as well going, hey, I haven't yeah. really oh, thought about so this. so beautiful. What if anything like this ever happened? I need to start yeah. looking in the Bible. And so I didn't helped even know that was a grow. helpful thing. Yeah. Yeah. But That's what also, the Bible calls iron sharpening iron. Yeah. But it also, I think, gives them something to to feel helpful. You know, right. somebody yeah. that they care about, somebody that they yeah. know is going through a hard time. And you're often thinking, what can I do to right. help them? That's not going to, you know, be, I don't want to intrude in their home. Yes. I don't know what to do. Right. Maybe she might not know me that well. Right. Like, let me write down my favorite verses or something that's helped me. Another blessing too, because that's the same thing, the same idea. What can we do for her? I'm one of six. Yeah. All my, all my siblings are here. My family's here. Ryan's family's here. His extended family's here. I had an old school that I just moved. Even, even God was working through that. I left my old school of eight years to move closer to home right before I got diagnosed. Yeah. That was my last year at Feyheron. I came here, started my new school, got diagnosed mm -hmm. in September. So even God was working through a bad situation, something that happened that I said, you know what? I, I need to be closer to home. I can't be doing this anymore. And he was even working with that. So yeah. I literally was six <sighs> minutes away from my school. My son could come here instead of go all the way to North Las Vegas. That's mm -hmm. where I was. Um, mm -hmm. So, but yeah, my small group is like, you have so much family. You have so much food. You have, yeah. your kids are being taken mm -hmm. care of. Yeah. You've got your two schools that are helping you. My schools were amazing. Yeah. They gift cards for this and this and this and that. So wow. my small group is like, what do we do? Yeah. yeah. Well, the greatest thing that, I mean, I, I appreciate yeah. all the blessings what the others that they couldn't have, do. right? And hey, this will keep yeah. my spirits up while I'm sitting in that chair. And that's the second thing that you did though, is that you were thanking God in all things. Amen. And this is so powerful is you were doing what the Bible calls, allowing God to transform your mind through the word of God. One of the greatest things when you're dealing, um, we deal with ladies who have panic attacks and severe anxiety. And do you know what the solution is for that? It's to do what you did in that chair. And you, I haven't heard many women kind of come up with that on their own, which I don't want to say on your own. I believe that was from yes. the Holy Spirit given to you. Yes. But um, focusing your mind on God and scripture over and over is what 
literally will take away an anxiety oh, attack yeah. even because that's where your body responds to what you've been thinking about. Even my even doctor, that first day, he was like, okay, let me explain to you what chemo is going to be. You're going to be sitting here. You're going to be getting this. And I had my little notepad with my verses. And I said, God will take it. It was Romans 8, 28. Uh, and even my doctor, which I don't know what faith he believes in, he looked at it and was like, oh, and I said, oh, just something to keep me, you know, busy. And he's like, yeah. that's good. That That's good. So he, he maybe, hopefully he got yeah. touched by it as well, right? Well, I think even unsafe physicians, those in the medical world have seen that a person's countenance and their thought life affects their health. Definitely. Um, so definitely that would aid your healing. But the fact that it transformed your emotions, what we think on, ladies, is changes what we feel. If you are centered and thinking on God and who he is, you're going to have peace. It's a promise in scripture. There's no two ways about it. If you're learning who God is, you will have peace. And here you are having peace and joy in the midst of this because you're transforming your mind and producing these emotions. Isn't it amazing that God gives us power over that? It definitely is because oh. I feel like I've seen people go through some pretty big major health changes and they, they change their diet, they change their lifestyle, things, I mean, maybe not voluntarily, maybe it has to change, but they do, they change, they change everything about their lifestyle, but they're still not focused on the Lord. And that I feel like makes a huge difference because you're still focusing on the sickness and not of yeah. the person who can really heal you or the person that can help in any sort of way. So I think that definitely makes a huge difference. That's a great difference. point that will change all the other things and not the most important thing, which is our heart, our mind. And I will add in one thing because, um, you know, it's it's great. I, God did give me that peace. Um, one thing that I did fear a little bit was um, I got sad when I thought of my boys because of their father. And it's not so much that I'm going to leave you. Oh, you guys are gone. It's because my husband's not a believer. So who am I leaving them with? Is he going to take them to church? I even had that conversation with him. Will you be taking them to church once I die if I do die? And it was nothing gloomy or depressing. Just, hey, if I, if I do, if for some reason this doesn't turn out the way we want it, um, will you still take him to church? Unfortunately, he said, I don't know. I don't know if I will. Yeah. That's what scared me which for all those of you who are single yeah if he were a man of god it would be easier right to be like yes i'm leaving him with the, their leader the le leader of the right. household who's going to only show them what god wants and that's not mm. where I, we are at this moment so that's yeah. the only fear if i ever not about me not about where i'm gonna go i know god will hug me up there it's not that it's who's going to be teaching these boys this. So I literally was starting to, Becky Meister, Kimberly, somebody pick my kids up on Sunday. If <laughs> yeah. something ever happens, I'm going to put you on the will that you guys are going to be obligated to take Who them. And, in my neighborhood. Yes. I love that thought away. of I'm going to prepare and plan. But I think one of the greatest things is realizing in those situations, because I think every mother, like you're, that's one of the greatest fears of a mom is leaving my children. Who is going to love them the way I am? And the way I do and who's going to teach them those things. And because I want to see them. I want to see them you know, in heaven. I think God has shown that your children still need you right now because he loves them more than we love our kids. And if our kids did not need us and we were not needed on this earth, then he could take us home. But he has said, nope, I still want you there with your children leading them. And that gives me a great peace, um, even without a health crisis, thinking, you know what? No one can take my life from me. 
you know, it's totally in God's hands. I can't live a moment or a second beyond what he allows. And no one can take me a second before what he allows. And that thought gives me great peace because I think, yep, if my kids don't need me, in fact, I have made a death video. Talk about preparing. It sounds so morbid. Wow. It's in Pastor Fred's folder. So if I die, y'all make sure he plays at my funeral. Okay. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Okay. I was like, who can I give this to that's organized and will remember? He's very organized. We need to talk about this later. I need to know this story. Well, basically, all I do is I, I, teach my own funeral. I preach my own funeral. (laughs) I share the gospel because I think how powerful to hear that from the person who passed. And then I really, the main reason I did it was for my children. Because if I pass at a young age, I know they're going to be okay if they follow God. But I wanted them to know that. So I speak to my kids and I tell them no matter what happened, God's in control and he will take care of you. You don't need me right now. And and I've talked to Christian because the other one's four years old, my seven-year-old. Um, and cause he, yeah, he was really confused with my hair falling out and it was oh. just what's going on. Yeah. Like, how can I make you feel better? And he's just not oh. quite understanding. Yeah. He's a little bit, you know, gullible in some things, but, um, yeah, I just, it's okay if I do die, but I don't want you to die. It's okay. Oh, yeah. Because when you mm-hmm. eventually die, you, you'll come and meet me in heaven, right? Because you have God in your heart. You have Jesus Christ <sighs> already paid, right? So and good. he would say, yes. Okay. So that fear of mommy, don't die kind of gone away because I said, it's okay. I'm going to see you in heaven, right? Je- Jesus already I love did that, that. that you didn't say what some of us parents want to say is, I'm not going to die, baby. Oh, no. No, yes. you tell the truth and you teach them. And I love what you said. We're all going to die someday or be rapture. I mean, that may be a little hard oh, concept for I wait. I, I want to be But the point is, we're going to end up at the same place. Right. If you've trusted Christ and let's talk about so that. that. Oh, that took so away that fear from him too. Of course, he doesn't want to mm. see me, up, you know, sad or upset right. or throwing up or any of that but um that's such a hard did. conversation because i think death in a, in a from a child's perspective is so final yeah. like even if they are yeah. saved or even i mean some of them are just so small that they don't understand or some adults too okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. It's true but what happens if a pet passes away you know yeah. it's just final it's gone they just know it was here yesterday now it's gone and then you know thinking about that with your mom is mm-hmm. such a huge thing to wrap their heads around they don't understand it but you know you keep that jesus in your heart and suddenly it kind of makes sense to them and we'll see you again it it won't be here but i'll see you again in heaven Mm. so what would you tell a woman who is going through a health crisis um who is walking with god um what advice would you give her or maybe she's not walking with god what would you say to, to a woman facing a health crisis Well, definitely surround yourself with people who speak truth because a lot of times, yeah, I'm going to go to this place or I'm going to talk to these people and they will give me a few steps to do this and and I'll I'll be better. God can fill you. God can, like we said, fill you with that peace. And I'm not going to be able to read everything and understand everything with the Bible by myself at this moment. But if I surround myself with people who know all these truths and just the encouraging um, words and, and verses that point out that God does not break promises. God has promised us mm. all of this. And if you feel yourself and think of, like I said, think of the line. Don't think of the dot. For some reason, yeah. yeah. if God wants to see you in heaven right now, then he'll see you in heaven. Just turn to him and and really surround yourself with those people that do know the truth. That is so beautifully said. I don't think we could wrap up in a better way. Judah, thank you for sharing all of this. I'm excited because I didn't know all the details of your story. Um, I knew about your small group and a few things, but this has been a, a great 
great podcast and just so encouraging to my heart. Um, if you're joining us today, I'm just so glad that you did. Shannon and I are so glad you're here. And uh, we want to remind you that small groups are a great way to connect like Judah said, with true speakers. That's so important. There's a ton of ladies groups, Tuesday and Wednesday nights. So if you have kids in Awana or if you don't have a small group, you're a single mom, there's a group for you. So contact the church office. Pastor Chris Owens is our small group pastor. So um, get a hold of us in some way. and Yeah, put it on your connection yes. card. Um, there's always something being said about yep. small group. In fact, even in the Inspire newsletter, some of you are finding this podcast via that uh, route, you can even go there on the link to find out more about small groups. Uh, We want you to get connected. So don't miss out on that. We are made for fellowship. We need one another in and out of crisis. So make sure you get connected today before the crisis even arises. Again, thank you so much for listening. We're so glad you joined us. You are welcome and wanted here, ladies. Have a beautiful day. 